This Cap Times podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Learn more at exactsciences.com. It's not ballpark style to put a napkin on your lap, you know, like you would at a restaurant. You know, oh. my, my move is I take a bunch of napkins and hopefully I'm wearing a shirt that has like a pocket in it and I stuff some napkins in my pocket and then I can just go from there to my mouth. But you don't put it on your lap. Hello, I'm Lindsay Christians. And I'm Chris Lay. This is The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. We are recording remotely for now. Even for a minor sports fan like myself, uh, most summers usually involve a trip or two out to the duck blind for a Mallards game or a random Brewers game with some friends. This year, obviously, that's all been benched. Jason Joyce is a major sports fan. A former sports columnist for Isthmus and the announcer for the Madison Radicals' ultimate Frisbee team, Jason is now also one of my editors here at the Cap Times, and he is really missing baseball this summer. With most ballparks and stadiums closed to fans for the foreseeable future, we wanted to wax nostalgic this week. So we're talking steamed hot dogs, neon orange pump cheese, the ice cream of the future, and the nectar of the baseball gods, Miller Lite. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jack. And give a listen. Jason, welcome. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the corner table. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chris and I wanted to talk a little bit today about ballpark food, even though baseball's not open yet this summer, right? Can you give us an update on the status of, of baseball in town anyway? Baseball, the Mallards are likely, there will not likely be any baseball in Madison. Um, Major League Baseball is set to start a week from today, the 24th of July, and but very likely without any fans anywhere. Yeah. And that's in Arizona, right? No, they're playing in ballparks. Oh, okay. I I, like the last that I think I I heard about all that was back when they were talking about a bubble league in uh, in Arizona for a period of time. But now it's just going to be like a intensely accelerated uh, season, I suppose. And then it's, I think overtime or not overtime, extra innings as they're, as they're called in baseball. Um, I think they start with a runner on second, which is going to add this asterisk to the entire season for all of the, you know, Bob Costas, you know, sports stat nerds um, out there, but yeah. So yeah, no fans means no, no food. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's, it's not, I mean, I do tie my experience of watching most sporting events with having something, be it food, drink, both, you know, whatever. So, yeah, I mean, no one will be going to the games. We'll be enjoy. We're told we can enjoy all of them. 60 games is the season now. We'll, we'll be able to watch and listen to all of them on the radio and television. But, yeah, no, no going in person. When you go to the ballpark and you are hungry, what is your go-to? Like, what's your typical order? Hot dog, almost 100% of the time. In Wisconsin venues, brat. But sometimes hot dog, but mostly brat. And it's interesting because, so my last baseball experience is from March, right before the world shut down. I went to spring training with some buddies in Phoenix, and we saw... A lot of games. We saw, 
I'm trying to remember now, six games in five days at four or five different ballparks. They're all in the Phoenix area. So what's funny about that is you, when you go to the, um, you know, the Chicago Cubs spring training facility, they try to bring as much of Chicago down there. So you, huh. you can get an old, old style there or, you know, a Polish. Get a shot of Malort. <laughs> Thankfully, no. <laughs> but yeah, I, for, so for example, I got a chance to sample the world famous Dodger dog at the LA Dodgers oh, facility. Yeah. Not impressed. Huh. What the Dodger dog, oh, yeah. it's like a foot long. That's like all, you know, gussied up with a bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's not even really, it's a longer dog and you put whatever you want on it, but it doesn't really come with anything. And I'm, it's, it wasn't that great of a hot dog even. Does it have like a better casing? The casing is always important to me with sausage products of any kind. Mm-hmm. Does it no. have like a snap? No, it's just longer? I found it, I found it, like I, my gold, like the, the hot dogs that I was, you know, that I sort of grew up eating at ballparks were just sort of your standard Oscar Mayer hot yeah. dog. And I don't think they do that. That the Dodger dog is not an Oscar Mayer product. No. And to skimp on the money, it's longer, but it's also thinner, which is hugely unsatisfying. <laughs> um, it's just not. <laughs> I we'll leave we'll just leave that there. So before before have- we move too far off of off of hot dogs, I'm not sure where you were gonna go, Lindsay, but the um so that, that that was where yeah. So whenever you go to the baseball stadium and you get the hot dog, it comes, you know, wrapped up in the the paper and you open it up and then you take it over to the you know little area with the the petri dishes of <laughs> Right, <laughs> kraut and relish and other things that probably shouldn't be sitting out in open air the way that they are. I mean, but yeah. I, I every single time I'm I'm loading it up with these dubious things. So yeah, you always. Well, I want to address the wrapped up condition first of all because I I don't know when this started happening, but like especially at Miller Park, it used to be that if you went to a game at County Stadium, they would serve your hot dog or brat. For you, it was not pre-wrapped. They would have the bun in hand, and somebody would pluck one out of the warmer and put it in a bun and hand it to you that way. So it wasn't all squeezed up. And yeah, who knows how long it's been sitting there? But yeah, you're right. So they give you your sausage, and you take it over to the table. And I, I like, I'm not one of these um, diehards who says a hot dog isn't a hot dog if you put ketchup on it. Thank you. That always annoys me. But I don't put ketchup on it. You don't yeah. have to, but don't, you can. Right. The world doesn't end. Yeah, I think I mean I people. People who put ketchup on hot dogs, I think, are are still fine people, but just with bad opinions right. about one specific thing that you know that, that's out there. <laughs> right. um, which is everyone yes. is entitled to have bad opinions and something right. something cream puff. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> uh, I do. Yes, I do like uh, relish. But again, I'm not one of these people who says it better be that neon green relish or I'm not having it. I will take whatever relish they have. I prefer dill relish over sweet relish. But but so for me, relish, mustard, that's my favorite. If I get a brat, I will sometimes put those onions depending on what the table looks like. Yeah. Yeah. There's certain like, you know, red flags that you can spot. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What? Insects in the onions. Oh, I was like, what are the red flags? Yeah, just the neatness. And that's that's a sign of a good ballpark if they're people are coming around cleaning those condiment stations. That's that's good. 
And then the key, of course, uh, at Milwaukee is uh, Milwaukee County State or Miller Park now, but the old Milwaukee County Stadium um, has a condiment that is called uh, secret stadium sauce, which is sort of a barbecue sauce, sort of vinegary, you know, um, uh, sharper, you know, tasting yeah. sauce. It has sort of the, has the, the, the consistency of like a like like a thin Dijon mustard almost, but without that yes. kind of like bite to it. Yeah, right. And that's the key. I think it used to be, again, when they would serve your brat for you at County Stadium, you could get your, your brat dipped in stadium sauce. So they would actually dunk it in a bath of the sauce and then put it on a bun. Now your only option is to pump it. Are you concerned about messiness in this whole process? Like is dropping mm-hmm. stuff on yourself part of it or do you try to avoid that? I personally try to avoid it. But so then you, you right, when you get back to your seat, you have to adopt that sort of I'm doing this on video. No one else is seeing, but you, you know, you took, you, um, you sort of sit down in your seat and then you adopt a wide stance and you eat over that sort of vacant part in front of you. You know, what lands on the floor is not my concern, but I don't want it on my stomach. Yeah. It's the, I think if it's something like peanuts, which I'm sure that we will dig into a little bit more further on down the road, but if it's something like peanuts where like the shells, you can just kind of just like shake it and it just kind of, they go everywhere. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. But anything that's going to stick, like I don't want, I want to avoid any, any stains as, as much as possible, yeah. but yeah. And you don't, it's not ballpark style to put a napkin on your lap, you know, like you would at a restaurant. You know, oh. my, my move is I take a bunch of napkins and hopefully I'm wearing a shirt that has like a pocket in it and I stuff some napkins in my pocket and then I can just go from there to my mouth, but you don't put it on your lap. You're not at a restaurant. Yeah. So, yeah. There's a certain, uh, the rules of, of decorum definitely go out the window to, to a degree when you're at, when right. you're at a stadium, you can do the, like, like you were describing the kind of leaning over and just, you know, shoving, yeah. you know, pulled pork sandwiches into your face or whatever. Yeah. I love the adaptable functionality of that chest pocket. I, that, oh, yeah. I've never worn a shirt with one of those, but that seems like a great thing to have. Yeah. In yes. that case. Well, there's a certain like, I mean, I, want, like with, with, with the ballpark stuff. I mean, you want like utility, you know, and yes. like the, like the hot dogs are things that are wrapped. So you top it and then you wrap it back up and you shove it in your pocket or whatever. And then you go back to your seat. Um, same thing with, you know, the, you know, ice cream or the nachos that come in the the plastic helmet, um, yep. which I they don't really they don't do that at the ba- at the Mallard's Field. I don't think they do. Okay. Um, you you can get things in a helmet at the Mallard's, um, like a Sunday. I'm not sure if they do that. I don't think they do the nachos in the helmet, but they do. You can get an ice cream Sunday in a helmet. To <laughs> me, that that's part of the the fundamental difference between sports bar food and sports stadium food, like they're, they're similar, right? You can get a hot dog and a burger or something at your, you know, rookies or players or something where you would go and watch sports on a television with other people who are also watching the sports. But when you're in the ballpark, you have to be your own contained unit of food consumption. You can't set it on anything and you've got maybe limited arm space or, you know, arm rest space. I, I wonder, like, have, have either of you guys gone to a game alone and tried to eat alone? Like, is it important to have friends to help you with your food negotiation? 
<laughs> I think the, I mean, the reason why you'd have friends, uh, yeah, the, the, the food reasons to bring people, I think, uh, uh, yeah, if, you know, that, that's, that's pretty far down, down in the list of friend priorities, I suppose. If, if you're having problems with food to the point where you need a support group, then, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the friend factor at a game, I, yes, I have gone to games by myself. But again, I, then I I simplify. It's like I'll get a beer and a brat. Boom, that's it. If I go with a group of people, that's when the experimentation takes place, right? So then you might stray into the oh, there's a stand up here and they're selling pork rind nachos or whatever. You know, they're selling something that I don't think I'm going to want to eat the whole thing by myself. I would definitely want to try it. You know, so that's when you get the. Hey, I'm going to go up and get one of these things. Are you guys in on that with me? Yes, cool. Then we'll all trade it around. And then we can talk about the food and, and stuff like that. I think that's where a group of friendship really helps. I feel that way about the nachos with the pump cheese because, like, <laughs> I want like two nachos with pump cheese because I don't know what that cheese is. Like, it doesn't look like actual cheese, it is liquid at room temperature. Yeah. yeah? And yeah. it reminds me of like the stuff that comes out of an aerosol can. Do you guys oh, remember like that? Easy cheese. Yeah. 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 Kind of like that, but, and I'm guessing it's like powder and canola oil. And I don't know. I mean, I have guesses as to what it could be, but not a ton of dairy in that. Right. Cause you don't want to go rancid or bad. I don't think about what it's made out of. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All, along the same lines of, you know, decorum going out the window is the, um, you know, general regard for yourself uh, in, <laughs> in the way that you, I mean, the same, you know, yeah, it's the, you, you can eyeball the top encounter, um, but you're still, you know, taking your life in your hands, even if it's as clean yes. as it possibly can be, <laughs> you know, to, yeah. to a degree and you're happily doing it. <laughs> so, yeah. I, sure. I feel like Chris though, your argument is not the decorum goes out the window. It just changes. Right. Like, sure. and people have different, different methods for how they consume things. For example, I have a method for how I consume Cracker Jacks. There's parts of the Cracker Jack that are clearly better than other parts of the Cracker Jack. And so you want to eat the peanut part first because it tastes better than whatever those stale popcorn pieces are. And you always want to get the prize out because you don't want to end up accidentally putting that in your mouth or whatever. Uh, but I'm, I'm just curious, like, do you have methods like if you get peanuts, for example, or do you have like do you have a method for how you eat Cracker Jack? Like, do you notice that? Hmm. I don't. I haven't eaten Cracker Jack in forty years, probably. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess everything that I get at the ballpark anyway is a pretty straightforward uh, thing. Ice cream is interesting at the ballpark, I think sometimes because I do sometimes get ice cream. And, you know, so, yeah, when you get a, like an ice cream cone versus a dish and now they've gotten really good. So they'll give you your ice cream cone in a dish like they anticipate this is going to be messy. Um, or or this um, Dove Bar, right? You ever get a Dove Bar at the ballpark? Like on a stick? Yeah, like a little ice cream bar. We used to have when we I used to go to the county stadium with some friends of mine and the vendors come by to sell stuff and they're selling this stuff with varying degrees of enthusiasm. You know, the beer guy is very loud and enthusiastic because that's a good gig. That guy's making a lot of money and the more enthusiastic he is, the more money he's going to make. Our theory about the Dove Bar guy was that that was a guy who got dropped off by his mom 
late. And he went in and he said, what's left to sell? And they're like, well, you can always get dub bars, Josh. Cause those kids would walk around going, Hey, dub bar. <laughs> I'm like dub bar. That's a good treat. Like you should sell that a little more, but they were, they were never very happy about hmm. it. <laughs> that's hilarious. Actually. Hey, I mean, bar. you could always get the ice cream of the future. Yeah, that I'm not a Dippin' Dots guy. I, really? I, I don't. I don't think I've ever actually paid for a, no. a, a full serving of Dippin' Dots, and I don't know what weirdos do. I mean, it's a <laughs> you know, like it's, it's it's at every single you know stadium, and yep. like I don't know, you, you never see you know people walking around with the Dippin' Dots in their hand. I don't. I, I don't know who's who's buying these things. Maybe maybe maybe, maybe Dippin' Dots is just a whole like you know it's like like a drug front company. I don't know, but it's the you know I yeah I don't I don't get it. I strongly associate Dippin' Dots with Cedar Point, uh, the amusement oh. park in Sandusky, Ohio, near where I grew up, and we'd go to Cedar Point multiple times every summer. And so you have you know your Cedar Point foods, which are not the same as Disney foods, but they're they have things in common with that and with fair food. Then yep. usually you're you're walking and holding it versus at a ballpark. Hopefully you're going to go sit back down. But the idea being that like it's the ice cream of the future. And when is the future? Is the future now? I guess I thought the future would already be now. Yeah. And it just never, it was a future that never came, you know? <laughs> right. I was curious about innovation in ballpark food mm-hmm. or the attempts at innovation. Uh, Jason, you wrote a story for Isthmus back in the day about doing a, a food tasting. And I had several yeah. questions that came out of that story. <laughs> One of which is, did you eat the fried candy bar that tasted like fried fish with chocolate in it? I did. And it was, yeah, it was, it was. So the, the backstory on this was I was out at Rookies, um, which is owned by the guy who owns the Mallards. And that's where the staff goes every winter to sort of try out the new foods that they're considering Mm. for the ballpark that year. And that year they were really trying to figure out how they could pull off deep fried candy bars at the stadium. And the guy who, who was working at rookies at the time was dipping them into the like fish fry batter and frying them. And yeah, that was not a good way to go. So they were workshopping how, what kind of batter they would be. Yeah. Yeah. You almost want like a, like, like, like a pancakey kind of a vibe for, for that. I've had, um, I've I've definitely had like deep fried Oreos and it needs to almost be cakey, you know, it, yeah. You don't want it to be like the flaky, crispy, (laughs) you know, beer battery. (laughs) Salty. Yeah. Yeah, um... That's not. It was funny too that I think I mentioned in that story, like the um, some of the candy bars didn't make it through the process. They just like, what happened to the Reese's peanut butter cup? It's not, it didn't survive. (laughs) It's in there somewhere. Yeah. That's really funny. I also was fascinated by both the conversation about like having healthy options Mm -hmm. at the ballpark um, and the concern about whether something once consumed could become a projectile. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. The apples, that was, I mean, that the line from that story, which I think was great is, you know, do you have healthy options? And Vern Stenman, who still runs the Mallards said, people say that they want healthy options, but they don't buy the healthy options. They lie. And so they were talking about whether you would buy an apple at the ballpark. And 
what might happen with those apples either before in the middle of or after eating what you know there's something left over and yeah, yeah, that could get thrown somewhere. <laughs> it makes me think of, uh, I mean, I, I, I was raised in Charlotte, North Carolina, where you have the Charlotte Motor Speedway and the like the seating section right on the front straightaway is called Chicken Bone Alley because you'll come in. And I mean, it's basically like the, the seating is just, you know, three foot by three foot. Um, you know, concrete steps that everybody just kind of piles into and, and you bring your, your box of chicken or you buy it there or whatever, and then you eat it. And then you just, you throw the bone like just as far as you can. And so you just end up with, you know, thousands of these like chicken bones, just like right up in the front. So yeah, that's um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, Not great. it's in effect. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds disgusting. Yeah. I mean, again, with decorum, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a sliding scale at sporting events. It it reminds me the the conversation about like healthy food at the ballpark reminds me of food festivals and the push to like, you know, we need to have more vegetarian options, you know, we need to have mm-hmm. more options. And uh Jason, your friend and mine, Bob, has talked about like people will say they want vegetarian options, but those don't sell like they don't sell nearly as well. So you want like some, but the push to have a lot, people go out to something like that and they want like pork. Yeah. Yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Exact Sciences. Join the Madison based team working to lead earlier cancer detection. Visit ExactSciences.com to view the company's hundreds of open jobs. And speaking of pork, and uh, and also Jason, you mentioned the the mallards testing out their their kind of wacky foods. For the past handful of years, at least like five or six years, they've been doing bacon appreciation night, yeah. and they always get a little a little crazy. There was one I've only been out to a couple of them, but <laughs> you, I know only only a couple of the bacon appreciation nights. Um, oh. but they they had like a like a taco where the taco shell was woven bacon and then like folded. And so then you had like the outside was the taco that was bacon. And then the inside was all the the taco stuff. And you'd eat it like that and had like what bacon wrapped ribs one time. That was really good. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean the food that they have at, at, at at the Mallards uh, stadium is really good. It's far better than than you're right to be. They really work on it, and especially the the mallards really hit above their weight class in many ways, um, attendance and um, just attention. You know, most of the teams in that league are in small towns, you know, Wisconsin Rapids, places like that, and um, so they get a lot of people out. But they, you know, um, they've made it clear that they, you know, part of the marketing of that experience of going to that game is relies on secondhand word of mouth stuff. So they love it if you go to the ballpark and you eat a taco where the shell is made out of bacon. What they're counting on is that you're going to go to work on Monday and go and tell everyone, you know, and take a selfie of yourself while doing it. And people will, you know, that just keeps the mallards on at the top of mind throughout the summer. You know, they, on a typical year, they start in late May and go until mid August. So they're, you know, to get people to come out for that second or third, fourth game is, Ooh, you know, bacon night. That's awesome. There's going to be something there. It'll be crazy. And I'll, 
you know, I'll be notorious for a week for eating. <laughs> for, for eating the burger with the donuts as buns. Yep. Yeah. And that was their whole point of that too. And they, uh, that was great because it's all, it was very popular and they decided not to add it to the regular menu because it needed to be a special yep. thing. I actually, I mean, the, um, the duck blind area where it's, I think it's like what, 35 bucks for all you can eat, all you can drink. Um, yeah. And the, the French fries that are available in the duck blind are maybe like, I mean, top three French fries I've ever had. They are so oh. good. I, I don't know what they do with them. I mean, it's like a, like, like a beer battered, like, like French fry situation over there. And it is incredible. It is so good. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. They always have had a food director out there who has been an innovator mm -hmm. or, you know, thought, you know, and they, they have that, like they have a smokehouse. So standard every game, they have, you know, fresh pulled pork that, you know, um, brisket. I mean, they really, they, and those are made, I believe at the ballpark. Yeah. Um, so they're with Stoddard they smokehouse. I think. Or Stod yeah. Yep. Yep. So they work, they've got these local suppliers and they're, they, they've raised the bar on, um, you know, what you can get at every, at every game. It seems to me like one of the challenges would be texture right? Like making sure that things stay crispy or that things stay yes. hot. Cause like as soon as some, you know, as we've all been learning these past few months where everything has moved to takeout, right. And delivery it's especially with fried foods, which a lot of stuff at the ballpark is, is fried. The longer it sits in a clamshell, the more it's sort of steaming itself and becoming less crunchy, crispy, the good kind of texture that you want. I, I find this bacon appreciation night idea kind of hilarious and wonderful, but it, like, that's like one of the first things that I think about is like, well, how do you keep the bacon crispy if you want that, you know? Yeah. I mean, like a, yeah, yeah. And there's, there's a, a certain, uh, certain amount of slippage, I suppose that's, that's, that's allowed there. But um, yeah, in, from, from my experience of, of the bacon nights, yeah, they, they definitely get it pretty close to, to what you'd expect and all the way through. So, yeah. Do you think that there are any ways to recreate some of these ballpark specialties or things that you would only really eat in the context of the ballpark while you're at home, especially if you're thinking about, you know, watching the season coming up, are you going to try to recreate any of it? I haven't, I used to eat hot dogs at home um, regularly, you know, um, Hebrew national hot dogs at home. And, you know, there's several different ways to cook, cook a hot dog. Every, you know, people will talk about their preferred way. And I'm the, the guy who, who needs to steam it in a saucepan, you know, which is, I think, pretty close to how they do it at the ballpark. They steam those hot dogs. That's how I like it. So, yeah, so I do that. And I have relish and I have yellow mustard at home. I won't put, you know, Dusseldorf mustard. <laughs> I, I love Dusseldorf mustard. I put that on brats, right? But if I'm having a hot dog better be like French's and that's what I do. But yeah, so I stopped eating hot dogs at home a few years ago, but I may have to do that this year when the Brewers start playing again too, to get into the mindset. Have you ever smuggled food into a ballpark? You can bring your own food into Miller Park. It is not a problem at all. You can bring a whole, my mother-in-law brings a big soft side cooler full of like Tupperware with snacky foods in it and pre-made sandwiches. 
You can even bring in your own sealed up uh, water bottles. How? What? Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. They just look at your bag and make sure there's no contraband in there and let you come on in. What are they? Che- are they checking for alcohol? Yeah, I think so. Huh. Yeah. That's, that's you know, right? odd because you would think like if in a movie theater, like everybody smuggles mm-hmm. it into the movie theater, right? I assume. But yes. they don't want you to do it because they make more money off of you going to the overpriced concession stand and food yep. at Miller Park is not cheap. No, but it's also, but they will have Good. a hot dog isn't, I'm, I was just going to say a hot dog is done is not unreasonable. And, and I think that speaks to that same idea of being able to bring your own food in. There are a few sections of very reasonably priced seats. Um, you can bring your own food in. It's a democratic sport. Now this isn't true everywhere. You know, uh, New York Yankees, LA, you know, Cubs. some of the big cities, they're trying to soak you for as much. Yeah. Cubs they are trying to soak you for as much money as they can, but in places like Milwaukee, it's a democratic enough. They know what they need to have out there or they're going to get backlash for it. And, um, you know, people like my mother-in-law, she's like, I'm not paying for the food at the park. I'm bringing my own, you know, sandwich. And she does. I, as long as I can remember, you've been able to bring in your own food. Yeah. And I think with the with, with the Brewers or, you know, like, like the White Sox, I guess, you know, yeah. you've got these, these teams that have a, a certain – working class, you know, aesthetic to them, historically speaking. And so that has to be reflected in the way that the the stadium is run, Um, you know? So, yeah. I think it's interesting that, that like what, what a ballpark is going to offer is sort of related to its identity in some ways, right? Like there's going to be brats at Miller stadium. I feel like for me, when I go to any ballpark, you know, whether it's a big one or a smaller one, my biggest issue is, is drink, like what to drink, because I'm not a beer drinker. And your choices are like beer, lately, White Claw, like, or hard seltzer is like their added option. It used to be hard cider. They would have a hard cider um, or soda, right? Those are your kind of main options. And do you, do you drink differently or specific things when you're at the ballpark? I drink Miller Lite when I go to the ballpark, almost hundred percent of the time depending sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll have something good. I don't really drink heavy beer at the ballpark ever. So yeah, that you can get a cocktail. You can sometimes get these big bloody Marys or, you know, they've got different offerings around Miller park where you can get a, you know, something in a fake pineapple. And, but I yeah, I'm, again, I'm like too conservative on this stuff. I just get a brat and a beer and that's, you know, I pretty much stick with that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, you're going to be out there probably in the sun, yep. you know, you want like a, like, like a, like a lawnmower beer type thing. And it's also because the prices are going to be jacked up, not astronomically. So in, in some situations, but I mean, you're still paying, you know, eight bucks for, you know, a tall boy of high life or something. <laughs> and that's, that's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a big ask still, but it's, I've, I've never left a baseball stadium regretting, you know, <laughs> having spent <laughs> spent too much on on crappy beer. <laughs> you know, it, it's true. And the, I mean, the really what this comes a lot of this comes down to this. You know, this this idea that when I go to a ballpark, I like to get a hot dog and I like to get a beer. And in many ways, it's because I really want to create that. You know, going to a baseball game, those experiences really stick with you. You know, so the way 
a, a beer should taste the way you think a beer should taste at the ballpark. And a hot dog should be the same. And many of those are based on, I mean, I remember the first time I ever had a legal beer at a baseball game. And I, re, I mean, I, I was probably six years old the first time I had a hot dog at a baseball game. I remember how it tasted and smelled. And boy, you really, I mean, I just feel like I want to replicate that, you know, every time I don't go to four dozen baseball games a year. I probably only, well, you know, between the Mallards and the Brewers, I probably go to 10. Um, so it's still like, you know, it's fine for me to have a hot dog every, every time I go and to have a Miller light every time I go, I don't get sick of it, I guess. Yeah. I was wondering if you associate different foods with different sports. Like, do you eat different foods when you're at the Radicals games, the ultimate Frisbee games? Yeah, I, well, no, I get abroad. At those <laughs> games too. <laughs> um, but how I eat and when I eat, I think is a difference. The, the big difference for me is like um, Badger football versus going to a Brewers game. Here's my approach to both of those. And I do it pretty much the same way every time. When I go to a Brewers game, I don't go to the stadium. I park off of Blue Mound Road where there's a line of sports pubs. I, I like to go to Steve's on Blue Mound, SOB's. You park in the neighborhood behind SOB's for free. You go into SOB's, you have a beer and maybe like some wings or fried onion, you know, onion, uh, onion rings, cheese curds, whatever. And then the van pulls up in front. You get on the van, you tip the driver five bucks. You can bring your beer on the van. They take you to the stadium. When you're done with the game, you come out, you get on that van, you go back to SOBs. So that's how I, and then I eat a hot dog or a brat when I'm at the game in my seat watching the game. When I go to the, uh, the Badgers football games, I don't really eat anything when I'm in the ballpark, when I'm in the stadium. I go to our friend Sam Brown's pregame tailgate at Rocky Rococo's. And if it's a morning game, I like to have a Bloody Mary there and a beer and maybe something to eat. But I always get a brat at the Lions Club. Um, they have a little Lions Club, have a little beer garden set up that's sort of across in that little triangle over by where the bike path comes in and Monroe Street and Regent Street meet. And they have this great little beer garden there. And they sell a delicious brat. And so if the game's hot and in early September, or if it's cold and it's in late November, regardless, I go there and I get a brat and a beer and that's my last stop before I go into the game and I'll eat after the game, but I typically will not eat at Camp Randall. The lines are too long. You're too packed in. It's just a big pain in the butt. So can you bring that food into the stadium with you? No, you can't bring anything into Camp Randall. Huh? <laughs> but you can to Miller Park. Yeah, indeed. Now I have had the experience of watching games at Camp Randall and at the Cole Center in a suite. That is a whole other deal. So have you, Lindsay? Uh, <laughs> um, it, uh, you know, that's a whole other thing. Depending on your suite, you know, you can. They have catering menus, and the owner of the suite can pick and choose from any number of buffet options, and those are delightful, right? Because it they'll bring in a little pregame snack, and then at some point they bring in the the brat pan and the taco dip, and then they clear that away, and then they bring in the, the chocolate chip cookies and the last. Yeah. That's a whole. Yeah, I, I, mean, say, I feel like, like like that doesn't really even count because it's almost no. it's more like a like a catered buffet than it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. it definitely feels like you're the other half. Like a you know, it's yes. it's or the one percent or however you want to say it, but like it feels like you're a fancy person. We opened a cupboard once. I was at a in a suite and. It, 
yeah, I can't remember whose suite it was, but I was there and we of course were checking out what was in all the cupboards and stuff. We opened up one cupboard and it was, you know, maybe two and a half feet deep by two and a half feet wide, flush from back to front, side to side with Maker's Mark bottles. <laughs> you know, once you get your brand, you got to stick with it. <laughs> in case so they that, out? The mixed cocktail was not offered when we were in the suite, but apparently when other guests were, it was, it was there. Very fancy. There, yeah. in, in recent years, there has been kind of a push for various, you know, sporting events to cater to higher end. I, mm -hmm. I pulled up what the, the brewers would have been offering this year, and it was like Greek French fries. So it would have been French fries with, you know, gyro meat, tzatziki sauce, feta, and, uh, you know, diced tomatoes and stuff. And so we won't get any of that, and um, which is a, a shame. And then I actually with some other friends, we started going to target field in the twin cities. We it's called, we've called our, our event beers ball. And we just kind of go to a, a baseball stadium. And the first year that we went was because Surly before, before Surly was distributing beer in Wisconsin, they were releasing a beer that you could only get at target field. And so we went for that. And also I think Andrew Zimmern had just opened up like a food cart there, which had, you know, cause it's Andrew Zimmer and some like fancier versions of, of odds and ends. Um, and yeah, the, yeah. it's always, you know, it, it, even if it's fancier stuff, it still has to be sort of populist in its, in its way. For sure. The, I once went to a Packers game at Lambeau field late in the season, a playoff game in January. And, uh, my friend's family has, uh, they're called club seats. So they're outside but they're on the, to access them. You have to go up to the same level that the where the luxury suites are, and they're padded seats. And you know you have to show a special pass to get up there. So it's it's the middle of January. Everyone's wearing their snowmobile suits and big clompy heavy boots and stuff. And you you sort of make your way through the the hoi polloi to get on the special velvet rope elevator, ride that up. Now you come out on the suite level still people tromping around in their boots and stuff, but now suddenly it's carpeted and there's lower light. And now you've got guys in chef hats who will carve you a steamship roast beef sandwich. And, you know, you can get a different kind of beer up there. And, yep. and that was just bizarre to me to see these guys in blaze orange, you know, and lined up to get these steamship roast beef sandwiches. Yeah. That's another one of the weird things where you've got these like destination food places within the actual destination of the sporting event itself where yeah. I know at um, I think the last time that we were at a brewer game, there was like, we found some, like something was on the, on their like food map. And I was like, Oh, you had to go up here. So we like had to go into an elevator and it took you up to like some VIP area where we were just like, we don't, we're not VIPs, but we just want to go over there and buy, you know, some, some food. Like, I think it was the same kind of like, you know, carving, yeah. you know, meats or, target field they had uh this buffalo chicken mac and cheese which was absolutely incredible but you could only get it at one little corner spot and none of the other concession stands had it so if you knew about it right. you had to track it down and yeah yeah they've got what's the big burger place in milwaukee that had a place near campus for a short time here they, they oh, um aj bombers aj bombers yes aj bombers 
they have a place at Miller Park that's like that where you sort of actually have to leave the stadium and like come in a different door. And I think that's because they're open to the public at all times. There's a beer hall, the the new um, Major League Soccer Stadium in St. Paul, uh, where the Loons play, has they have a beer hall. And that beer hall is open every day. You can just drive hmm. up and park and go in and have a beer and look out over this field but yeah during the game it's a and it's very noticeable when you're in the stadium it's at one end and it says beer hall in big letters and yeah they just you know professional sports are expensive they need to bring in the money to pay these players yeah as we sort of wrap up here a little bit i'm curious are you going to be watching the games in whatever form they're going to take yes (laughs) i'm starved like I said, the last game I went to was, you know, in March and baseball should have started, you know, two and a half weeks after we got back from Phoenix. And so, yes, when baseball starts, I'm very excited to watch baseball in particular because baseball on summer nights is is a great experience for me because I don't feel like I have to sit down at the beginning of the first inning and watch it through to the ninth. I duck in and out. And so I'll, on, a, on any given summer weeknight, I will have the Brewers on in my house for, you know, 45 minutes or an hour and I'll sit down and watch. And it's just a great way to relax and unwind. And I love baseball and, you know, have for, you know, pretty much my whole life, you know, and the NBA is going to start up. And so that'll be interesting to see. I've been watching um, many, you know, because many of the European countries have managed the virus better than we have in the United States. So um, professional soccer is up and running in, um, you know, England and Germany. Yep. And I do catch myself tuning into those games just to, just to see live sports. Um, cause I, I'm a huge sports fan and I, I really miss that in my life. Were you one of those people that was staying up till, you know, two or three in the morning to watch the Korean baseball leagues? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Uh, and I didn't, I really had a hard time getting into like the replayed, you know, um, throwback games. Those were fun for a little while. You know, some game from like the 1982 Brewer season that had some novelty for a, a short time, but I, uh, I want to see something. I don't know the outcome. Yeah. Of. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking time today and for sharing these memories that you have. It was a great conversation. I didn't realize, you know, really until you you brought this to my attention yesterday. Like, I really do, like, food is a big part of sports. And I, I really do have opinions, I guess, even if I just default to the hot dog yep. more often than not. <laughs> yep. Opinion too. Yeah. I mean, like, you you picture, like, like a, a, a hot dog. And then I tell you that hot dog's at a baseball field and all of a sudden turns into a different hot dog. You know, Completely. like wrapped up or it's a, oh, you're drinking a beer. Now you're drinking a beer at a baseball field and it's, it's, you know, it's in the cup. It's the, the whole, you know, like you can feel, you know, the tactile experience just kind of, you know, jumps mm-hmm. out at you. Yep. Yeah. Every time. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Thanks so much. Thank you guys. Our pleasure. This has been The Corner Table, a podcast about food and drink in Madison, Wisconsin, produced by the Capital Times. Our theme music was composed by Patrick Christians. Podcast producer Natalie Yar edits the show. The Corner Table drops every other week. Subscribe to The Corner Table wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review if you like it. Lindsay and I are both on Twitter and Instagram, so feel free to track us down there. You can like our podcast page on Facebook and check out captimes.com for more food and drink news. 
Read our recent features about Caribbean food at Lorraine's Cafe and a great burger at the Settle Down Tavern. Follow our colleagues' podcasts, The Mad Splainers and Jesse O'Poyan's Wedge Issues. And Chris here co-hosts the movie podcast Just to Be Nominated, which recently did an episode celebrating America. I am Chris Lay. And I'm Lindsay Christians. Our wish for you this week is a big bag of roasted peanuts. And if you want a little of that stadium experience, just dump those shells right on the floor. (laughs) Cheers. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by Exact Sciences Corporation, the makers of Colaguard. Once again, be sure to learn more at exactsciences.com.